At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Before I proceed any further, I want to make an announcement. I added a new friend to my gang. Look look behind me. Look what I got. I found Newman. That's right. Nice. I found Newman. He was in one of our uh, side rooms in the corner facing the wall. But I said, no, 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 not anymore. Newman, come to me. So that's what happened. I've got Do you know to- who you got to get next? No. Costanza's uh, dad. Yeah, Frank. It, it maybe if we, I don't know. I really don't know if we have Frank. Um, okay. but I didn't know we had Newman. Yeah. So maybe maybe today I'll find someone new. Didn't All he right. die last year? He did. He did. Yeah. yeah. That guy's um, funny, man. Yeah. All he right. Uh, big show today. We are fired up. There are some stocks that are moving. I'm talking Twitter. I'm talking cannabis. I'm talking ACIC, that's your SPAC of the day. I'm talking OLB, that's your crypto play of the day. A lot going on. Fari Hamzi is our guest. He'll be on at 8.35. I'll be on with Dave Mazza from Direction at 9.05. Hit that like button, hit subscribe, hit share, do what you do. Let's bring Joel on now. Joel, how are we doing in the overnight trading session? Oh, we're doing well. We didn't even see that closing price of 05.50, pre-market high, 39.24. That's where we stand. We're up uh, 13 and 18.50. Crude, nine-day winning streak. I didn't think there was such a thing as a nine-day winning streak. Crude up 38 cents at 58.73. Gold up 520 at 1842.80. You got silver going the opposite way, down 5.7 cents at 27.34. And Bitcoin 
Couldn't get to yesterday's high. Give it a little bit back. That's down $1,190.46,575. Two things first here. Uh, Number one, did did you guys see my tweet this morning? No, what'd you tweet? No, <laughs> I'm always scared of all tweets. You never know what he's going to tweet. I said, "Is Pumpin' Powell? He's speaking today. What is time he is he gonna... speaking? What time is Pumpin' Powell talking?" I was talking? looking for the exact time. Spencer, can I you? I didn't even know Pumpin' Powell was talking. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find it. We, 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 we don't usually make note of that, but yeah, I, I got it right here. And is he going to two p.m. 2 p.m. Is he oh, going to continue? Where, where is he speaking? What's what's up? What's the topic? Where the is Economic he... Club of New York. Right. He's going to talk pumping markets. <laughs> his, his, was... his title of his presentation is Pumping Markets. <laughs> this is what we do at the Fed. We get the markets to pump. We pump you up. <laughs> well, my question was. I'm Jerome, and this is Franz, and we are here to <laughs> pump you up. What, what, <laughs> don't well, get that one spencer got it right job. that's from um, and bronze. oh i knew that i know that um it's about a wedding or something <laughs> right about a wedding no this is hans and franz everybody knows hans and franz that's from um steve martin movie no it's not from a movie Oh, Hans man. and Franz. Tell me, Saturday I know live Saturday Night Live. Come yeah, on, right. everything good okay. came from Saturday Night Live. So I wanted to know. <laughs> now, I'm Hans, and this is Franz, and we are here to pump you up. I should have. So I'm Jerome, and this is Franz, and we are to pump the markets up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I didn't think I was gonna get that kind of reaction, but uh, I want to know if he's gonna continue the uh, punch. You know, the, you spike the punch bowl, or he's just going to throw some ice cubes in, you know, and nah, kind of dilute it. Throws ice cubes in. Yeah. He'll be like, we don't care about no stinking inflation. We don't care. We care about asset prices. Pump them right. up. And one more thing, Spencer, before we get to um, yeah. Spencer, can you come on the screen for a second? Yeah. I notice a trend here. What, Between the that? three of our, the three hosts here, or co-hosts and the producer, oh, I do too. What, I know what, where you're going with this. I, well, yeah, a trend over the last week. Yeah. We're all getting we all got haircuts. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis did. is getting some love in the chat for your haircut. This hair, look, look. <laughs> there, did you shave? She did a good job on this one. She's getting better. She only said two oops when she's cutting it. She only said oops twice. It's always bad when she's like behind your head. She goes oops, and you're like. Is it like, you know, is there like a bald spot there now? What's going on? I mean, I guess, you know, you guys can't see the back of my head anyways. But there's apparently a couple oops on there. So uh, I'm back. I'm back. The hairdresser that says oops. That's yeah, never a good I'm thing. I'm back with Olga. But okay. Oh, you're back gotta... to regular. You got your regular hairdresser. No, I still yeah. Got yeah, Lisa did a few. She did a pretty good job. Uh, Lisa but, does uh... it all, though. I mean, doctor, hairdresser. She, she runs the, the portfolio. She runs the portfolio. She buys GameStop before it was even a thing. I mean, she's a oh, I love that sale. I that you know what your I, sale at GameStop. You sold the top, man. I did what sell the did top you get again, three fifty or something. Oh, for the last actually, I sent it to Lisa and uh, she corrected me. And it's just important because you use you know like closing prices, and I wanted to sell it on the open. Um, it was two weeks ago today because she's home on Wednesdays. I wanted to sell the open. No, it was yeah, here it is. And the open was 354.83, and she went to sell the open. And then I told her the range, and I go, Well, we got out at 341. She goes, No, we didn't. We got out at 347.51. 
I was off by four dollars, but that closed. That turned out to be the high close of the move, though. That so was that, one, that yeah, was that it. was the day. That was yeah. the day. All right. Anyways. All right. So dust is settled from GameStop. Let's talk it just. We haven't talked it for a couple of days. Let's talk sure. GameStop just for a quick minute. I mean, you saw a rip and rally right after the close. It r- runs up five bucks, but every time it runs up, it just finds more sellers. That's telling me that, unfortunately, it looks like it wants to continue to go lower. The only cat- potential catalyst is, remember Kramer tweeted out that he was going to have GameStop on. I don't know if he not not going to have GameStop. There's been nothing said about it, but he said it last week. I mean, if that was to come out, that GameStop is going to be on Mad Money tonight or something. I'm not saying it is, but I'm, he said it last week that he was going to have GameStop on Mad Money. Um, then the stock would get a, a good lift from that. That's why you saw the stock pop really from like that 55 to 90 really fast. It was a Jim Cramer tweet that he was having GameStop on. So I don't know if they decided they're not going to go on now or what it is, but we haven't heard anything about it since last week, which is crickets. Maybe, you know, it's not the schedules, you know, not full, maybe they're not scheduled this week. I don't know, but I kind of thought they were going to have GameStop on this week. So I think a lot of investors waiting for that too. But I mean, if you don't have it on, I, I mean, it really means nothing long term, but you can get that Kramer pop if it is announced that it's going to be on. So I'd be careful if you're sure, short, yeah. if you have the guts to short GameStop. I'd, I wouldn't want to be shorted in here just for that reason is that there's a potential Kramer pop that could come in. Now, again, if they didn't schedule, we don't know. He hasn't said anything more about it, so maybe they've canceled. I'm not sure. But he did tweet it last week. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on it. We just talk about, you know, overhead supply, right? And just people just trying to get out. So volume's coming down, too. So that's what's happened on your pops. You gapped down yesterday. You couldn't even get to yesterday's low. So anybody that bought it in Monday session, I mean, from the opening bell, you were down money. And then they continued to put pressure on it. Uh, next daily low, 42.32. Uh, that was back on just January 22nd, folks. That's the only thing I have for you. So, okay, let's move away from GameStop and let's go on to earnings. Twitter reports last night and actually pretty good report. So I, it initially popped and then it dropped like they always do. But when the dust settles here, it's a five bucks. I mean, here's Twitter off to the races. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to short this thing. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, but it was a good I quarter. Was feelings too. It was, it was a good quarter. Thirty eight cents versus thirty one cents. Sales one point two nine versus one point one nine billion dollars. So it'll beat and beat daily active users uh, up twenty four percent year over year. They gave some inline guidance as well. Monetizable daily active users up to one hundred and ninety two million. Um, that was above estimates. You know, they, they, what they said was mostly all good. I mean, they said costs are going to rise, but so is revenue. Revenue, uh, The revenue increase is going to outpace the uh, cost increase. Um, and it was all good. I just didn't think it could keep going, but I'm wrong. It's been a hell of a run. I mean, I sold the earnings dip. Um, well, it dipped, and then I, it came back quite a bit, you know, in the weeks after. And then I ended up lightening up because I was like, this stock just always finds a way to disappoint. And that was a mistake. I mean, it's every sell. I mean, you know, every time you sell something, 90% of the time you look back, you're like, why did I sell that? And that's, you know, what a bull market is. You look back, and it's hard to get off a good sale because the stocks just continue to go higher. You know, when the party ends, when you got pumping Powell behind the wheel, who knows? But, I mean, every sell that I've made has been the wrong sell, and every buy that I make has been the right buy. I was saying it to another trader, too, yesterday. I'm like, everything works. 
I mean, we're going to get to pod stocks in a second, but holy mackerel, they, you know, we've been talking about them for a week. They just, you know, they're just upside capitulation. They're just ramping up like to a ridiculous level here this morning and last night. I mean, Afri is up another six bucks. This is melt up mode now. So, um, you know, let's talk Twitter and then we want to go to these pod stocks. Uh, let's see here. We got, doesn't look like we're done going up yet. Uh, here we are uh, at seat right at the high of the pre-market session. Uh, just jamming it 65. Ooh, we got the 65 41. So there you go. Let's see where that is a target. And then I'll just give you some monthly highs to keep an eye on. If you, you know, I doubt we're going to see all these levels today, but, uh, the next monthly high February of 2014, 67, 24 previous month for that 70, 43 and the old time high 74 73 so those are just some numbers way up above still got some you know maybe it's going to take a few days to get there uh what else did i want to say about twitter it did kathy it did bought it too it, kathy bought it and you yeah, know what report. kathy bought ahead of the report oh my they didn't say they said their expenses are going up 25 percent uh, what no one seemed to care about that little spike. And what, what was the, we talked about this on the, uh, at the close show, Spencer, what was the revenue number? The revenue number for, for yesterday? Yeah. For Twitter. Yeah. Uh, 1.29 billion. I just don't understand why, like what, what's Facebook and the, you know, and, and what's a lot more than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, Facebook made 26 and a half. Uh, yeah. What about, about uh, what still. about um, pins? What, what, what did they make? Uh, they're, they're, they're not in our Snapchat. Pinterest is not in the billions yet for quarterly revenue. Snapchat is at, is not in the billions yet. They're both smaller. If I ran Twitter, it'd have $5 billion in revenue. <laughs> They're I mean, talking about paid subscription, though. Did you yeah. see that? They, they I, were, we I talked know. about that for years. Like, you know, would you pay a buck? I don't know if that's the way to go. I think you lose so much. I mean, you know, there's no other social media that's charging. Um, you know, I, I mean, maybe you're just charging, like, you're not going to charge the main users, but maybe you're going to charge the corporations that are you know, tweeting out and advertising because it's free advertising. I mean, everybody uses it. We use it for free advertising too. Maybe I shouldn't give them any ideas, but yeah, <laughs> but I if mean, it, you know, you tweet out your show and you know, like it is. hits from that. Like that's, you know, it's, it's just, why would you not? So, you know, there, there is the possibilities that they could charge for something like that. Eventually. If I get one more uh, doggy coin uh, thing, I'm, I think I'm going to smash my, oh, my whole thing's full of doggy coin. I'm like, like the I'm... whole, my whole Twitter stream like, well, on the weekend. It wasn't even this bad this week, but on the weekend, it was all doggy coin. Everything was doggy coin. Gene Simmons, doggy coin. Snoop Dogg, doggy coin. Obviously, start with the well, obvi- obviously doggy Snoop Dogg would be involved. Uh, in he that. loves doggy coin. The shiznit um, right there. Yeah. But but that's always been the question, right? Is like, how would Twitter, how would they charge? Like, what would they charge? I don't know. That's always been the question. Yeah. This has um, been talked about for years. Yeah. We yeah, talked about on the yeah. show five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been talking. All right, about. let's go. Uh, the let's straddle was seven top. bucks. What is catalyst here? Like, why Spencer? Why are the pot stocks like Afri is up another twenty three percent here this morning? Tilray's up another ten dollars. This is now melt up mode. So this is where holy mackerel. You know, if I was in these things, I'd ring the register when they start going parabolic like this. It's usually the time to at least sell part of your position. I know people get dreams that Tilray's going to go back to 300. In this market, you never know anything. But I mean, this has been just an incredible move for Tilray. $20, five trading sessions ago, it's 52. The stock is up 160% in a matter of 
six days. This is a gift. So if, if you take away leverage funds, the top one, two, three, four, five, six, the top six best performing ETFs of the year are cannabis. And you want to guess what the seventh one is? I'll tell you. It's it's your ETF. It's 3D printing. <laughs> is there a 3D? I didn't even know there's a 3D printing ETF. What's the symbol on that? Yeah, P- PRNT. I never even knew that existed. Yeah, yeah. So. Wow. Wow. Get us a whole new hedging vehicle you didn't know about. I know. I can go now PRNT versus all the Triple D and SSYS and XONT and OVO. And I don't know if they have Hewlett Packard in there, but holy. like, uh, It's just the the market that the strong gets stronger. But when they start going parabolic. Decent volume. That's when I ring ring the register, when they start just going ridiculously parabolic. And again, I sell every sell seems like the wrong move. So maybe you shouldn't even listen to us when you know we're looking at selling stocks. But never, what a never. gift. I mean, there's so many bag holders in all these stocks, and they're all getting it back. This is like 2021 is the year of bailing out the bag holder. And what we mean by bag holder, a bag holder is a person that bought a stock years ago, and they're way down, and they're down 70, 80, 90%, and they're just sitting there hoping one day it comes back. Well, you know what? Hope is actually coming to reality here. Yeah, I mean, if if you go back to like pull up that canopy growth chart, CGC, you're you're almost back. You're almost back. You're almost the back. stock, you know, in the bottom of the gutters was under ten bucks in March, nine dollars, and you think you'll never get your money back. I would think you'd never get your money back. Twenty twenty one, pump and Powell behind the wheel, everybody gets their money back. Yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously we always say discipline, cut your losers. I mean, in this case. Discipline has actually worked to your detriment because you know what? The tank stocks come back. And I mean, it's not going to always be that way. Stay disciplined, traders. You know, stay, you know, with what your core. But right now, if what you know hurts you, you know, because they get down a stock and you're like, well, I'm cutting that loser. And then a couple of days later, you're like, why did I cut that loser? It just came right back. So it's the kind of market that's just rewarding risk and, you know, just risk, just rewarding risk. So risk assets, obviously, inflating. Oh. You know, what's behind the pot driver today, though, Spencer? Is there a headline? I mean, this is a big move, or is this just continued momentum? Another 22% for Tilray, another 22% for Afria, another uh, 6% for Canopy Growth. They got a downgrade today. Another, um, um, you know, ACB has been kind of left out of this party. I don't know when they're going to get started, but you would think that they're going to start ramping up, too. Um, you know, because if you look at that all time high, that thing's you know way off at 150 or 160 bucks, and it's 17 now. Um, I don't know. I, I hate chasing, but wow, there's just so much. I mean, there's nothing. There's now. nothing specific to today. Recall there, there have been headlines in the past couple of days. Right, Tilray had a headline. They're in the UK. Um, it, of course, we had. Of course, we had the hey, merger. Wait, did we forget about Fari? We got Fari at 8:35. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, we, we of course had the 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 canopy growth. No, no, the GW Pharma merger. We've got the Tilray or Free merger on the oh, table. The, yep, um, yep. But I think Dennis is spot on. This is just it's just melt up. I mean, it's just melt up. There's no one catalyst. It's just yeah. every everything. And and you you know the reason the way you know this is you look at. The entire sector is up, right? It, that that was not the case last year, right? The, in last year, the U.S. MSOs, the the U.S. kind of stocks that trade uh, on OTC markets, those were the ones that were up. They were outperforming the, the right. CG, the CGCs, the Chronoses, the Afrias, et cetera, et cetera. Not the case now. Everything is up. Everything. Yeah. And if you're not up, then what are you doing? 
I, I have no idea. I don't know which one's not up, but you know, you can either. look at the smaller ones like Village Farms, VFF, yep. Run and Hexo has went from in December. This thing was ninety five cents. It's ten dollars and fifty cents here now. I'm not sure if there was a split because there was a gap up in the chart there, but I mean, you, you can't argue with the last, you know, four dollars to ten dollars. Um, just been incredible move here for these stocks. Like I really had all these stocks written off that, you know, I thought this stocks were never coming back. You can't say never in this Jerome Powell pump and market. You know, I made a big mistake in one and, uh, you sold uh, that, any, yeah. any sales of mistake, Joel. I know, sell something, I know. It's always the bloody mistake in this market. It seems well, like. you told, you told me not to buy it. First of all, well, well, so I was way wrong. What was it? This one. I can't remember where Did I it bought it. Back? Yeah, yeah. And they I all was, come back. They and all I, I, back. I bought it bad. I don't even know what. And I was going to oh. like, and when it was like between one and two, I was going to triple down on it. Don't tell anybody. And uh, <laughs> Never frown, average down. And and, and I, I didn't. Instead, instead, I got out of it. Instead. But so many bad things. I know. We're learning, here. we're learning. And I'm learning them too. I'm doing I'm doing some chasing and I'm doing, okay, well, I'm not going to sell that stock because it's probably going to come back tomorrow. I'm doing bad things too. I mean, we're learning so many bad habits here. 21 years of disciplined trading and I'm getting more undisciplined trading this market because discipline is being punished. Cut your loser and then the next day it comes back. This is going to end ugly, all of this stuff. Because, you know, we've taught so many bad lessons here. But at the same time, I mean, holy, you know, you can't argue with what's happening in this market. And we're melt up. And again, you can say, oh, yeah, it's like 1999 style. But is it? Is it? There's a lot of stocks that aren't participating. So it's more just rotation. Because I see so many stocks. You know, Sonos is another one, actually. You know, this is one, you know, I was like, okay. I bought it at 13. Andrew Luff was on our show. He thought eventually somebody could take it out. The stock goes 27. I was like, I doubled my money in four months here, and I sell. It's 33 now. So, again, you know, like, you know, you're doubling your money. These are good trades, and they're all bad sales because the things just keep going higher. I, I don't know when the party ends, you know. There, nobody does, but it's hard. It's hard to just, you know, we say. Do oh, have something. We, we do have something coming up at 830, Dennis, and you're going to have to pay attention. Uh, we do have the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. So everyone who's worried about inflation and everything, the only inflation we have is in the stock market. Uh, but if you got a super hot number uh, coming out, then maybe. But, but then the I, Fed's already said they're not that concerned if the number gets hotter. I, they've I, already I, like they've already spiked the Kool Aid there too, just because they know you know he's been he's been prepping us this for the last two months when he had you know the talk two months ago saying well they're they're fine with a little bit of inflation here because we've been running so low for so long. Again, when you don't measure it, you know, you can say that. So when you measure it and, and you know, and you don't put out stuff that's inflationary in there, but we've talked about that too. Uh, it's it's the market we're in. And right now, cash is trash. It's been trash for a while. One day again, it'll matter. And one day, you know, prices will come in. And it'll come in very quickly. But, I mean, this market is just rewarding risk. And, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, I, you know, I, I thought we, I got spooked a little bit in the GameStop. I lighten up a little bit. And then you just got to, okay, we're coming. You got to get your stocks back. You got to jump back in this market full tilt. I mean, even my overnight portfolio, which I naturally hedge, I stay long every night right now. And I'm being rewarded for just staying long in my date, in my, in my hedge portfolio, which I'm supposed to be market. And that's not hedge. I'm staying long every night because the market goes up every morning, it seems like. So I'm just getting excess alpha just, or just extracting, you know, from the market's move. So, you know, and I shouldn't be doing that. You know, this is, you know, I'm asking for trouble. 
But at the same time, I mean, I'm being rewarded for taking on more risk. So you can't argue with Let's that. Let's finish up the earnings. We got Fiery coming on. We got the CPI, Dennis. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go wide on this CPI. I just. I know. I say I it every time. That much, Cisco. Uh, Cisco. We got to down. Oh no, that's had a heck of a run. I had. I had taken my eye off this one. Cisco came all the oh, way yeah. back. They I'm not, I'm not even going to give you I'm, I'm not even going to give you the numbers. All you need to know it was a good report. They beat on the EPS, they beat on the sales, and they uh they gave some uh, EPS guidance and that was fine. Everything I, was fine. I sold my Cisco back at 40 bucks because it was like a better places for my money. And now, you know, you look at it, maybe there was because it only went up 20% in the last 3 months and there's other stocks that are up 50 or 100. So I'm not sure if I did better or not cuz I don't remember what I bought with that cash, but but anyways, uh, 48.50 close, 46.30. It's a pullback. You buy the dip on Cisco. I don't like the company at all. That's why I got rid of it. I just think, you know, this is a tech company that just hasn't come back. But this is the kind of market that just likes, you know, the stocks that have been, you know, now laggards. And you know what? 46 was a breakout level. You probably find some buyers in the 46 level. Buy the dip continues to work. So I won't argue if you're, you're buying the dip. I'm not, but uh, just because I don't like Cisco. But in all likelihood, dips usually get by i don't know i don't know if you missed back. you might have missed the low in this one 45 54 is where it got down to and it's on the rebound so i don't yeah what do you got do you have any daily lows here yeah you got a daily low with two of them at 45 50 so let's see if you get back down again you know maybe today if get back down there, find buyers. I look at that level, you know, a little bit longer term than just today, but they made a big mistake. You know what the, the management they did? Do? What? They raised the dividend. They and raised what, the dividend. What they should have done is they should have suspended the dividend and just started buying Bitcoin. <laughs> and that stock would be on Musk. And that, and that stock would be at 50 bucks right now. Bitcoin You're going to start seeing other companies do this. Why not? You joke about it, but there's going to be other companies that are going to get rewarded for this too. Like companies, stocks that have been in the gutter, they're going to be like, oh yeah, we're buying Bitcoin now. And now, oh, it's a crypto play all of a sudden. Yep. You'll see that happen too. I mean, this is what they do. It's like the thing when, you know, it's blockchain. And then before that, you know, and then we've had the virus, you know, okay, well, we got a vaccine play, COVID play. I mean, there's companies that are always in the gutter that are trying to reinvent themselves. Now, again, Cisco's not going to do stuff like that because it's Cisco. But you're going to see other smaller companies do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, we're crypto play now. So, you, I mean, you have one today, you said, Spencer. That just Yeah, let's crypto. talk about that. We do. We got yeah. a new crypto play coming out of nowhere. OLB they, is your ticker. OLB. OLB is also the name of the company, OLB Group. They announced a plan this morning to offer cryptocurrency payment options via blockchain all technology, words. all the buzzwords, on its <laughs> omni-commerce platform. So they, re- it, they released the headline. They hit all the buzzwords because our stock price sucks. And let's, what can we do to make this? Let's, pay, let's get into crypto. This will make our stock go up. And boom, 83%. Instant, instant gratification there. So, you know, I don't know nothing about OLB, but now all of a sudden it's got the crypto buzzwords. And it wasn't on people's radar. And they're all jumping in, having a party. Did you get uh, the memo? It's above, Did you my, get... it's above my, you know, pay grade to figure out where these things, you know, go. But we've seen this before. You know, this is what happens. And you get smaller companies just coming in. They want to play the buzzwords. Oh, make sure you throw blockchain in that headline. Anyways, whatever. Did you get the memo on Monday? Because I didn't get the, mem- the memo on Somebody Monday. Somebody did. You're right. Yeah. yeah. They're taking off ahead of this. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. We'll just say hmm. hmm. Yeah, that's it. We'll keep our comments up. Hmm. Okay. Uh, pre-market high, just under $15, uh, trading $13.92. We will look at $14.87. That's the only thing I can give you. This is like a weird-looking chart. Uh, a monthly high here at, I see, $15.60 and $18 even, but I have no idea when or if those levels will come into play. And then the other high flyer I wanted to hit on was uh, SPAC of the day. ACIC is your SPAC of the day. What's the deal here? Atlas Crest is the this name is of the company. Uh, so United, what happened is United Airlines announced this morning uh, that they had purchased. Let me get the exact number for you. Um, how much? What was the dollar amount? I saw it somewhere in the press release. I think it was, was it a billion dollars. I I forget what they they basically United Airlines has purchased electric aviation vehicles, right? Electric planes or something of that nature. And the company that they purchased those planes from, Archer Innovation, also announced this morning that they are merging with with this spec ACIC. So we've moved away from electric cars. Forget about that. It's old. Let's news. go. Let's go to the. Uh, we're I'm talking. Sorry. We're talking what about CPI Dennis. CPI A thirty. We're talking about electric planes. That's what we're talking about here. Electric planes. That's it. I. I. I okay. Joel's going to handle that because Joel says I got to go wide, and I'm. I'm. I'm actually just going to step away from them. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. All go right. Ahead. Go wide. I. I don't think you'll need it, but let's, we'll find out. Okay. Uh, do we know? Do we know what we're expecting? Um, I actually you don't. don't. I actually don't because that's how little I pay attention to. Okay. To, to I, I'll, I'll get a number for you right now. Uh, it's about to. You know, it's probably even out. Uh, let's see if it's out. Bloomberg doesn't see. have it out yet. Um. I, I haven't seen any movement here at all. I actually. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis. Um, no, I don't know. Like yeah, maybe. Uh, core CPI uh, for January. Uh, it's right online. Point, point two percent. Point three. Um, yeah, the core is point two. Non-core is a uh, is a uh, point three. So Those numbers are all bogus BS anyway. So yeah. I market market knows it's BS. That so it doesn't listen to it either. Yeah, I don't know. Because they're, they're listening to the pre-market prep yeah, show. So the market okay. knows this is BS. These numbers. Oh yeah, CPIs. Oh yeah, we only had point three percent inflation. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go, oh, go away. Remo- all right, we're moving up a little up, bit. My lumber went up three hundred percent last year. Housing prices went up twenty five percent. Okay, fine. So, okay, so 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 back to what I was saying. United Airlines has purchased a billion dollars worth of electric um, airplanes, electric aviation vehicles of some kind, uh, from this company, Archer, and Archer announced today that they are merging with the SPAC ACIC. So that's why ACIC is up. Um, again, you know, do you, the the question is, and I don't even know, I have so many of these things. I could have this one for all I know. I don't think I do, but I have so many of these $10 SPACs that become $11 SPACs. And, you know, I've just basically, you know, been buying them because I think I, like I said, I think I got the $10 floor and they get a deal and then they get the pop. Um, so do you sell into the pop or do you like, you know, after you get the deal, the basic, the second question is, do you like the company they acquired? Do you like the story behind it? If you don't, it's a selling opportunity. If you do. Then maybe you hold on to it and you, you have one that continue to run. So that's the analysis. That's my SPAC analysis, how I do it. 
or I, or I asked Chris Catchy, what do you think? <laughs> Chris yeah. Catchy knows a lot. I sent a message to Catchy on SND, or uh, what was the other one I had? Um, um, S, I can't even remember. The one that got the merger two days ago. Do you remember? The I. Two days ago. But it was the big one. It was five a day. Two yeah, days okay. ago. I'm supposed to remember. I don't even remember. I got I got a pile in my portfolio. I don't remember the ticker symbol. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got this all I got this whole SPAC portfolio of like ten eleven dollars SPACs. Here, and like Chris, I was like, I look at the one and it was up like from ten to seventeen or eleven to here, seventeen. Here. I was like, Oh, I must have got a deal. I didn't even know about Chris is Chris is Chris is watching. Chris is NPR. Yeah, that's NPR. We just uh on this ACIC catch knows. Uh, SPAC uh, 1698. Uh, that was the high. We pulled back here. So that's two almost two bucks off there. So I think you may have a little rough sledding getting back up there. We'll see. Well, that definitely uh, had the opportunity to sell the pop. I believe that was a 4 a.m. open, right? Yeah, it was. You 4 a.m. traders caught it good there. I guess if you were selling, if you were buying, uh, not so much. A lot that's of these four AM buys, so we should talk about that just mm, for a minute. Sure. Yeah. Safari. And we're going to talk Robin Hood yet today too. I haven't. Oh, Dennis is fired coming up. After Safari, I'm going to have a rant on Robin Hood. And Reddit traders, whoever's listening, needs to listen to this rant because you know we're going to get to that after, after Safari around eight fifty. But right now, quickly, just uh, now I forgot what I was talking about. Four AM. Um, four AM. Four AM traders. So you get up at four AM, and if you're buying, you know all these ridiculous. It's no liquidity. There's nobody out there. There's nothing out there. So you could just be buying anything. So you're just coming in randomly saying, oh, yeah, look at the stocks going. It could be going on nothing. So you got to be very careful. Like when I used to wake up before I am to trade, I don't do it anymore because I have kids. I was fading moves. I was like, okay, that's stupid. I would just identify what was stupid. You know, maybe stock was going down too much. Stock was going up too much. And I would go the other way. And I made good money fading moves at 4 a.m. So if you're coming in and being a buyer, like jumping stocks up 50% or it's going up 100 I tell you more often than not, those stocks are usually coming back in. Maybe not with the small caps, but you know, with the mid caps or mega caps. Wow, S and P's taken off here, Dennis. Sorry, which is black. What, what, just... what happened now? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's nothing I new. I just. I was out. I'm sorry. You get picked off there. No, I'm okay. I'm okay, actually. But I just, no, I just well, I went away. wide at three thirty. I never really went back out there. Yeah, someone <laughs> said something somewhere. You're lucky. You told me to go wide. Yeah. See, you listen up. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, I need to know that. I even noticed because on a, a rant. But I'm just saying, four a.m. Be careful if you're trading at four a.m. because you could end up buying something up fifty percent. It can have only being up ten percent. So, uh, the way I've traded for years, four a.m. I'm typically fading the moves. So, but again, you can't just jump in. The 4 a.m. trading is a whole different animal. There's a whole, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to fade every move that's up 50%. Yeah, we're looking, what's the news? What's that worth? You know, I always had like, you know, I kind of know what something's worth. Something's upgraded. Is it worth 10%? Or is it worth 2%? You know, I kind of, you know, because trading for so long, I kind of know what it's worth. When you're at 4 a.m., you're you're the price discoverer. You're in the price discovery process. So if you're just randomly buying and selling, you know, and not knowing what you're doing, you could be buying or selling from somebody who's more informed than you and you could be in trouble. So, um, the opportunities usually there's a lot of uninformed traders out there. You got to be really careful when you're buying selling 4 a.m. And I'll just say, you know, 4 a.m. off the hop. This one, it had 15 minutes before it topped out. So, you know, if you bought that opening tick and watched it, that, you know, it had a pretty good 15 minute run. You know, you can use your technicals, you know, uh, 15 minute, you know, a double top on a 15 minute or five minute here. So that equals a you know, a, a decent formation. But what you saw this candle here after the, you know, the big, uh, I don't know, fuchsia candles and 
purple or whatever. After you saw that, you'd be scratching your head saying, hmm, is the party over on that? But that one took 15 minutes, and I did notice it. They, they threw some volume around here, Dennis. I mean, it was not light volume. They just bought it, bought it, bid it, bid it, bid it, then just put the offers out higher, ding, 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 and then finally had to sell it on weakness. All right, let's bring on our guest here, Fari Hamzi, Hamzi Analytics. Joins us periodically on pre market prep. Let me do a, I'll do a drum roll because I know Fari oh, wants Fari. to hear that. There's my, there's Yo, my he's going to be fired up, guys. Fari, good, good morning. Good morning, y'all. How are you guys? The, the market timer of the decade, right here, you were looking at. Watch Commander is there. Fari gets rewarded with the market timer of the decade. Unbelievable, Fari. You know, we know you're good, but wow, you're really good. This guy knows how to time markets. Well, I got to like you. I got lucky once or twice. <laughs> the mod, we love the modesty. So, Fari, what's up? Now the blondes say that too afterwards. It's <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, same old, same old. I'm buying a little small boutique hedge funds. I look at kind of busy. Uh, uh, we doing. We saw. We saw a lot of block trades. Uh, not uh, this week. The prior week. Yeah, the fir- Thursday. I mean Wednesday and uh, Friday of the last uh, of, of the last. The, the, Last Wednesday and Friday of January, as you know, we we chase uh, block trades, the whales. We try to catch them and go with them. I'm a pop store in the market. Anyhow, the system got overwhelmed. We had so much. The system I've never seen so many. Was never designed for so many block trades. Of course, there was total chaos that day. So which day uh, was that? Been the same. Was that last? Excuse me. Which day was that? Where you were seeing Uh, all the block trades? Was that when the GameStop stuff was happening? Jan 27, Jan 29. Okay, right in the middle of the GameStop. Uh, and obviously, a lot of that had an influence as well. So, how are you navigating? Do you get that? Do you trade any of that stuff? You see these parabolic moves? Are you getting into those? You're, you're trading the bigger stuff, right, Fari? I, mean, no, I trade NQ. NQ is $260,000 for sure. Yeah. Think about it. No, it's not for kids. And if you have very large rig clients, that's how you have to move it. Otherwise, you can't move the needle. What am I going to do? Minute $19 AMC stock. Yeah, so. yeah. Talk, talk about the uh, block trades a little bit, uh, Fire. Oh. I mean, we don't want you to give away the uh, uh, the secret sauce, but um, just, you know, just, just talk about it. You know, you see them, you plan. I mean, I know a lot of people like, oh, they see a big uh, uh, block trade and they're like, away from the market and then the market come back in. And they're like, oh, this is going back to that level. Um, how, do, how do you use it? Okay, well, I'm going to give you a little preview, but from a distance. Okay. Everything, there you go. Just in the back, you see, I just put it in the background behind me. You see two, the two B2 bombers next to that, the ESMC out. There you go. Those are what we call fractals. Uh, what we do, I'm actually, the main desk is on this side. So with this, we finally discussed, the, the, we finally settled with the investors. They didn't want any picture of the desk going out. I said, fine. So now you see the little corner of it and the news at it. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. They don't want to see what's in this side. I said, okay, fine, fine, whatever. Uh, two panels. Um, and I'm getting a brand new alarm system from scratch for the place. So we're good. Here, here what happens with block trades. As you know, in late, uh, in post 20 uh, debacle, the 28, 2008, 2010 debacle, we had a lot of free time in our hands in Chicago. So I was looking into, uh, 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 again, Chicago is all follow the money, basically. I mean, the, the star traders are that from that era. 
Uh, that Union League, that was a hard bargain call at 3.30. an hour early. 3.30 would be there for a beer. And a couple of guys said, hey, yeah, you need that football ratio. Why don't you do this? I said, guys, you have no idea what you're talking about. The coding was what's involved. Long story short, uh, they won. They persuaded me. Spent five years on that. Finish the code, modify some stuff with train station. That's not available. Yeah, and then did some DLLs. And uh, was the ideal for number of people in terms of what I need to look at. Coding was my own, but it was a very long, arduous uh, uh, journey. As you guys know from my much watch commander days, I don't give up. I never give up. Uh, my dad was a fire pilot, so if you give up, you're dead. So, so yeah. how do you determine? We like, here, we built that. We came here yeah. in California, maybe in Florida. We put the chat rooms, then we shrank it. Went to the next level called fractals. That's where you see different panels in the back. They are based on size of the block trades. Because you have a small mom and pop. We found out as we learned more. You have a small mom and pop who's sitting in Seabot and with one, two desks and a phone, and they're trading maybe you know half a million, couple of million, whatever. Then yeah. you go to very, very big guns like uh, uh, Soros and SAC and uh, Bruce Kovner. Well, those two are not cannot be on the same charts. The pressures are way different, you know. Bruce Covenant needs to make one of those trades a week, and he'll change the market. Uh, but the small guys are banging their head against each other, each other relative to their own size. How we did it is a lot of fast Fourier transfer, FFT. If you've done any uh, digital uh, di uh, DSP, digital signal processing, that's the thing you want to look at. And, uh, you know, uh, we build it, and then we narrow it down to three names, CL, NQ, and... Uh, uh, yes, I trade NQ. Uh, Admiral uh, Esposito, he he runs the ES, and the CL is information. A couple of guys are managing it, uh, but you want to go where there's activity. If there's no activity, here's here's a, here's a paradox. You want to go where there's activity, and then on uh, uh, in uh, um, 27th and 29th of January, there was too much activity, and the whole system just went a little bit nuts. I went for a moment, I went back to our classical indicators and until market stabilized, and now we're going back to OTM. You kind of, you're still having it on, but the pressure was so heavy. Here, here's an analogy. <coughs> you're born. They teach you colors, and look what I'm wearing. That was my favorite color. They teach me green. All they teach me is green, green color, okay? <laughs> One day red shows up. What am I supposed to do? I don't know what that color is anymore. Think of it, because that's what it is. It's self-learning. At a microchip level, that's what it is. You think about. It. I mean, I had to go back to my AI work that I did for Goldman and for uh, on contract for Morgan on the, in the nineties on a, a neural nets. It's a self-learning. You gotta watch what you're teaching the kid, right? Because get get as you were talking about earlier today. I was just eavesdropping here. Bad, bad habits. You're gonna learn a lot of bad habits quickly. That's so, my two shekels. I see what I've always struggled with. We just take you back to the block trades. Is I see block trades all over the tape. You see them littered all over the tape, but I can't determine. You know, is this an institutional cross? You know, like it, it's hard to tell what is you know valuable information and what is just you know two institutions crossing. There were obviously you got LiquidNet comes together. They put the institutions together. You know, and you see a big block trade. You see lots of blocks at the close because lots of institutions like to trade on the close. 
I mean, I see so many blockchains in the tape all the time, and maybe not as many as we saw back, you know, in the year 2000, but it's different now, too. The markets are different. I just don't know how to tell, you know, why, you know, that this is going to make a stock go up or down because I see blockchains all over the place. Well, I don't, we don't do stocks. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're doing QA. But, but anyways, okay, but it, it applies to yeah. stocks as well. So it takes a lot of averages. It takes some of that craziness, you know, at the tail, the tails of the curve out, right? Because the averages will constantly bring it in within the mean reversion rules. So it's, it's less crazier. We used to do stocks. That's what we don't do. The blocks are What's a, what, what do you consider a block trade in uh, ES? What, what am I, what? In the, in the S&P, in the spot, or the spot, or the or the ES, we're not getting the that. E-minis. Oh, that's the that's the secret sauce. And I can't tell you. Here's the, here's, we download the data. We run through some filters on Excel, and we come up with what's good for now. Sometimes you have to tweak it. I'll give you a general rule. A general rule: uh, above seventy contracts for ES seems to have an impact. Seven zero, but that number is not fixed and moves around. And I'm not going to tell you what we're using now. But that's our secret sauce to look at what those levels are. But when you got a block trade, you got a buyer and a seller both there. How do you know like direction? How do you grasp direction from that? Because obviously, you got a buyer and a seller making the block trade. Because, like, geographically, our very trusted and true indicators who put us over the top are watching this too. We just modified it to understand block data. We don't look at price data or volume data, we drop the mom and pops out. It's a filtering system. But you're parsing in real time. Who I mean, when we back in the day, back in the day, you're not going to get it in one day. Trust me. Okay. I know you're an experienced trader. You're very experienced trader. I know what Bright Train does. I knew you guys from Vegas. No, no. You're very experienced, but you got to realize human being can't do that. You've got to let the machine do it. It's just too much. And even the machine now got overwhelmed on 27, 29. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to oh, okay. say before we let you go that, you know, when we were trading, when you traded in eights and teenies yeah. and stuff, um, you know, you would see someone come in with like trip nines and, you know, they, they were going to town and there was an offer and you could see it trade. And then you would know, you would want to be in that mop up, you know, the final print, the final 25,000. And right. even back when the liquidity, you know, was in pennies. I mean, even if you missed the mop up trade, you could still get really close to where that trade went off. Now, what I've just noticed is I see these big trades go off and it's like, okay, if you didn't participate, you know, then you're SOL. But anyways, Fari, we wanted to have you on. You don't have Admiral Tico with you today? Uh, he's sleeping. He's yeah, sleeping. Okay. He sleeps in. The dog sleeps in. Yeah, you know, you know, he's watching TV. He sleeps in. Actually, funny, funny thing. Size on Sundays, he doesn't want to get up. He knows it's a Saturday or Sunday. He doesn't want to get up. So, <laughs> but, have uh, you seen George around at all, George Slezak? Uh, no, he kind of, uh, you know, he was short in 2018, and uh, yeah, he had a good year then. But his member is a perma bear. He did never cover it. Yeah. He never covered, according to Tommy Digest. Got into a problem by uh, midsummer. And then uh, he qu- qu- quit his service. I'm told it's not. I don't. I can't. I'm not checked this personally. Uh, by okay. November of uh, 2019, the market falls apart in uh, um, uh, February of 2020. Timing. All there for me, it was very upset. All right. 
Thanks a lot. All right, Fari Hamzi from Hamzi Analytics. Thanks, Fari. Thanks a lot, Fari. You guys, keep up the good work. All right, Fari. Right, talk to you soon. Fari's a longtime friend of the show. We always like to hear from him. Oh, uh, yeah. Earnings. We got some more. Oh, I wanted to go to Robin. No, no. I, I oh, Robin. I, I want to give Dennis time okay. to get, get some stuff off his chest. I'm going to go get some so, water. So I have been worried about the financial transaction tax. You know, if you listen to the show, I've been worried about it for a while here now. And I think, you know, this whole GameStop is going to get regulators thinking, you know, okay, we have Andrew Ross Sorkin on CNBC saying, yeah, we need a financial transaction tax curb this speculation. You know, and then you get Robinhood and you think naturally they're going to be opposed because if you put a financial transaction tax in them, for those who are first listening, financial transaction tax, they want to tax your stock trades. And the, the proposal is 0.1%. So if you buy, um, you know, and you help me with the math here, just make sure I'm doing it right. If you buy $100,000 worth of stock, they want to tax you 10 bucks. Is that right? 0.1%? Didn't miss the decimal point. So yeah, so if you buy 100000 worth of stock, there's going to be 10 bucks. 10 bucks in, 10 bucks out. So $20 basically. So all of a sudden, you know, for you to make money, you have to make 0.2% if they put it on the buy and the sell. I don't know if we don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to put it on the buy and the sell or not. But that's what's been proposed out there. Andrew Ross Sor- Sorkin's been talking, yeah, this is what we get for the markets because it'll rain in high-frequency trading. It'll rain in the speculation. Um, I've been publicly saying that this is a stupid idea because, one, if you think, in, and, and now, okay, so just to say what Robinhood, so Robinhood, you would think naturally going to be against it. Last night uh, puts out you know, a, a release that's saying they're going to be for, they're going to actually be for the financial transaction tax. So why this is dumb of Robinhood is one, they're not understanding that one, you, you can say, okay, yeah, it's going to bring in high frequency trading, let's punish the hedge funds. Well, they're going to have to put you can't have, you know, like they have a financial transaction in tax, you know what else they have, they have a market maker exemption for it, because you have to have liquidity, you can't just all of a sudden put a 0.1% tax and all of a sudden, you know, nobody wants to provide liquidity and sit there with a bit in the offer, because they're going to have to go way wider. So in all likelihood, there's going to be a market maker exemption for it. So that means Citadel, Virtue, will probably get a market maker exemption, meaning they won't apply to them. So if you think you're punishing Main Street you're abs- or Wall Street, you're absolutely not. You're not going to bring in high-frequency trading because in all likelihood, they're going to get the market maker exemption to provide liquidity. So the only people that are going to pay it are retail and the institutions like your pension funds and you know your, 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 obviously all your institutional traders. So all you're doing is directly punishing Main Street and Wall Street won't get punished at all for it. So it's not going to bring in high-frequency trading. And if they didn't put the market maker exemption in, the spreads are going to get dramatically wider because the high-frequency trader can't make a tight spread. If it's, They're not going to give you a one-cent spread on SPY if they're paying you know, 30 cents to get in and out of the thing. So they got to go way wider. So all of a sudden, your spreads go from here to here, and you have no liquidity. They'll, they'll realize that in a hurry, which is why they'll probably put a market maker exemption in. So it's just going to be the little guy that pays. So Robinhood, Saying anything, you know, about, you know, positively, you know, that financial transaction tax is going to bring in high frequency trading is absurd. And it's only going to punish their customers. So here they're going to advocate for something that's going to punish their customers. This is nuts. So um, I, I don't under, I haven't actually dived into the details. I don't know if there is a lot of details here yet. But, you know, Vlad was tweeting last night about, you know, this. Um, and obviously we got to dive in and find all the details. But, you know, it, it looks like they would actually be for the financial transaction tax, which I can't understand whatsoever. 
So um, what are your thoughts here? I mean, you look at the trading industry. Do you want to pay 0.1% on your tax, on, on, your, on all your trades? You come in, you, you buy something, you know, a, a stock, and you're going to pay 0.1% in and 0.1% out? I mean, all of a sudden, all this work of getting down to free commissions is gone. It's, no, it's gone. It's, it's gone. We went back to the 90s. I, it, it, it's it's crazy to think, you know, that, you know, this is where, you know, that, that regulators are going to put this and propose this. So this is coming. This is potentially on the table and we need to fight this. And Robin Hood should be one that's battling for us. And it sounds like they're going to be against us. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't think high frequency traders get punished for this. Guy. I think they get a market maker exemption. But, you know, 0.1% tax. On a hundred thousand dollar trade point zero zero one, we're talking about. No, that's not right. It's a hundred bucks. Is that right? A hundred thousand is not ten bucks. It's a hundred bucks. It's a hundred dollars. So on a hundred thousand dollars, so on a ten thousand dollar trade. So I did the. I missed the decimal point. On a ten thousand dollar trade, it's ten bucks. On a hundred thousand dollar trade, you can get charged a hundred bucks in and a hundred bucks out. You're right back to the eighties with high brokerage fees and stuff. Worse. It's, It's crazy. Yeah. I think they need. I think he. We don't have any chance of getting him on the show, Spencer. Do we have any connections over there at Robin Hood? To uh... we, we we've got some. Um, I I can I can put some. Yeah, I mean, fillers out. I tell you, a hundred thousand dollar trade is going to cost you a hundred bucks in and a hundred bucks. And out. how many day? How many times a day volumes do you do that? Go from here to like back to where we were in the eighties. The volume. Dennis, how many hundred thousand dollar trades a day do you do? Well, I, well, again. <laughs> I don't know as bright train as a prop trader, we would be trying to get the market maker exemption as well. You know, this is our business. So, you know, we would be trying to apply for this. So I'm not sure if we would get one or not, but I mean, there's obviously a lot of things to think about here. Um, I would, I would go from trading, you know, a significant amount of volume, millions and millions of shares to being a long-term swing trader. And on those swings though, you're still going to get dinged because every time you buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of something, it's 200 bucks off, whether you win or lose. So if you lose, you're losing more because you got to pay that. So this was proposed a decade ago by DeFazio. Um, and, and you're wondering where this came from originally. And there's been some, you know, some economists that have, you know, uh, said, and in France, we have it. It exists in France. But again, in France, so if you buy or sell Sanofi, SNY, or you buy or sell Total, I believe Total is another one. You get charged a tax for that. If you go in the, like, your interactive brokers account, you go to buy this, it'll pop up. There's a financial transaction tax attached to this. Do you want to continue? So you need to make like 10, 12 cents on SNY to break even. So it's like 48.59. So you're already down 10, 12 cents when you start the trade per share. So, I mean, if this comes over here, they, again, in France, they realize quickly, though, they can't just have this. They have to have a market maker exemption or they lose all liquidity. So there's probably going to be a market maker exemption here too. And all you're punishing is the little guy. What are we trying to do? We're trying to help the little guy. So please, regulators, if you're listening, please, you know, understand that you're not going to punish Wall Street here. You are going to punish Main Street. Dennis, someone's here said uh, futures trading would be finished, but they haven't talked about that for futures trading. Yeah, everything. It's it's proposed on it all. It's stocks, futures, and derivatives and options. I man, mean, oh, you're, oh. and then you think you're going to curb speculation with this, Andrew Ross Sorkin? I mean, you're going in GameStop. Speculation is going to be more rampant because people are going to go less to liquidity. And make 100, 200 percent on. They're not going to touch. They don't want to go on something. They, they can't. You can't go on Tesla because think about it. Point one percent. Tesla's an eight hundred and forty six dollar stock. So it's eighty four cents. Is this point zero one percent? So you're immediately down a buck. But if it's on both sides, you're down two bucks. So you're buying at eight forty nine. You're really paying eight fifty one. 
with the tax. So, I mean, Reddit, if you're listening, if there's any Reddit listeners, you need to start a thread on this because this is a serious issue. And if you get Robinhood actually supporting this and advocating for this, they're going directly against their customers. So I'm very nervous about this coming in. You've been saying it for a while. I'll adjust. You know, I'll do something different. We'll become, you know, swing traders or we'll do something different. But at the same time, it's going to be hurt Main Street. It's going to hurt your pensions. It's going to hurt your institutional trader. It hurts all the bottom lines. 0.1% in, 0.1% out, $100,000 transaction, 100 bucks in and 100 bucks out. That's crazy. So tell Vlad that if he's actually supporting this, he's nuts. And he should be listening to his customers. He shouldn't be listening to, I don't know where who he's listening to on this. Was ever, I know. I, who, which, this, like, is a, this is imploding his own business. He should be, like, sometimes when you get in situations, like he's had everything, just, like, for two weeks, you know, it just, like, just, like, just be he quiet. go dark. Yeah, he should. You know, and here he is, you know, he thinks, oh, yeah, well, maybe they want to rein in speculation, my customers. They want to stop high-frequency trading. Do you honestly think they're not going to give a market maker maker exemption to Citadel? They have to. They're like thirty. There'd be no, there'd be no market. Oh, we'll, we'll be working for Citadel. A two point spread or four point. I get spread. my resume ready. For they can't Citadel. have to spy, you know, with a 50, 60 cent spread all the time. They have to give a market maker exemption. So Citadel's not going to get hit by this. It's going to be you, the Robin Hood customer, the little guy loses again here. Vlad, please use your head. When and I, I hope you know maybe I'm you know maybe you know this is just initial and maybe they're going to come to their senses there at Robinhood. But I hope he doesn't advocate for a financial transaction tax because that's insane. All right, uh, not sure why we got that little blast. I guess they just like the uh, the the number overall. Uh, we got up to thirty nine twenty eight fifty, up nineteen a quarter handles, folks. When I say I don't have resistance, I don't have resistance because we've never been up here before. How about some General Motors earnings? We didn't even talk GM. I know. We we didn't talk Lyft. We didn't talk GM. Let's do GM here. They're out this morning. EPS beat a buck ninety three versus a buck sixty three. What was the uh, the sales? Thirty seven point five versus thirty six point one two billion dollars. So a beat and a beat. They say the EPS number reflects a charge related to the uh, Takata airbag uh, inflator recall, which I feel like we're never going to see the end of. Uh, what else do they say? Uh, talking about EVs a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Know, growing that, but more of the same. I mean, it's it's just kind of hanging out. It's not it is. Exciting. It is. Check. Yeah. I actually, so I, we know I bought General Motors on the dip. Before the report yesterday, I wrote lo- uh, longer term puts on it uh, because Ooh. I still think the GM story is going higher. I wrote the 55s for September. And I got almost eight bucks. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a lot of premium. So I wrote the 55s. That means if I actually get, you know, uh, if, I, if I actually get, get a put to me here, um, I'm going to be averaging at 47. So, and this is out to September. So I thought it was pretty good premium. So I was like, okay. And, you know, I, I'm not going crazy with it or anything, but I'm long the stock. And now I'm short puts as, or, as well, because I think, uh, I think the stock continues to drift higher here. And I would be a buyer at 47. They want to put it to me at 40, you know. Yeah, uh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. So actually my puts are 55. So I could put to me at 55. But when I write it for eight bucks, I'm really averaging myself in at 47. So I, I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good premium. Even on slow, well, they'll probably take a little of the juice out of the day because you did it a good day because they do pump up all the volatility, you know, all the juice ahead, of the, in, ahead of the earnings report. So you'll, there'll be some days where that stock is even down, you know, 10, 20 cents and your put will be going in your favor. 
you know, just because of that decay and that time value. So, no, we talked about that one yesterday. Uh, technically, looking at this one, uh, not quite matching range uh, from the last two days. Uh, better on the downside, 55.70. That splits the two lows from Monday and Tuesday. We're currently trading above that. So let's see if that double bottom holds. On the upside, someone's lurking at 57. You, you can't doubt that. It was an, actually an inside day. 56.94, the high. 57.05, the high of the day. So tight ranges, matching ranges, inside days. You know, let, let it shake out on, on earnings day. Right now, it's trading into green by 24 cents. Chat nooning Under Armour as well. They're going to open at an 18-month high today. Sweet, sweet Lord. I'm but. long and short it because I got the pair on. <laughs> I'm long the UA and short the <laughs> there UA. There you go. So I'm hedged. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right. I don't I anybody... out of that, but I'll work myself out slowly. And and if you're in these things, sometimes it's not your idea. If you think you can get out, you know, at a good price on one on the open, sometimes you try to do that. But sometimes better just to hold that thing until like ten or ten thirty when the spreads get tighter and you can get in easily more easily and get out of it more easily. Eighteen and twenty one, Dennis. Keep an eye on that. Uh triple high. You know, I know you I know you have where you like to do it, but is it trading above eighteen? Oh yeah. Oh, bust it out. Maybe sell the UAA on the open and then wait for the UA to come in back closer to 18. <laughs> I work myself. Leg it out, baby. Leg it out. You know what happens when you lift one leg? You miss the other one. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you always miss the other one. Yeah. You lag this. What was that movie? Um, the one where he's like, we could lag the spread. Um, it was the one where, you know, it broke the Bank of England. Uh, but what was the movie with uh, the guy from Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rogue Trader. Rogue Trader, yeah. yeah and yeah. that's exactly what they did. They're like, oh, we could lag this. You know, he likes <laughs> the one side. And then he missed the one side. And the trade becomes worse. It keeps going against him and against him and against him. And the guy that broke the Bank of England missed the first lag. And then, <laughs> and then never frown average down was the problem. Did all the bad stuff. Missed the lag. Never frown average down. And obviously uh, lost a hell of a lot of money. All right, uh, guys, any final thoughts? Uh, uh, and I'm going to bring on uh, my next guest. But you guys, any, any, any final sure. thoughts before you go? Uh, no, I mean, just for me, just looking at the pre-market high, take that out. I mean, uh, my target on the upside based on the average daily range is 59 a quarter. But the ranges have really been coming in. The last two days have been tight. So we're going up, but do have sellers there. And uh, whatever mid-range is, I haven't refigured uh, mid-range on the second uh, – on the on the decline so that's the only two numbers i have anything else for you triple d no i just wound up about this robin hood stuff so. i know Fair <laughs> enough. i read that last night and i was like wow i can't believe that they would actually be in favor of the financial transaction tax so all right well let's spencer get to his guest triple d give me a call after you're open okay all right, we'll talk. All right, I want to mention to everyone that all of our shows, we have a continuous live stream, but all of our shows are cut out into individual broadcasts, so you can uh, check that out on YouTube. Pre-Market Prep is also a podcast. Catch that on every major podcast platform. If you're listening to this on a podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.